Thanks for tuning in to Dog Whistle Brandon. This is Iron Mike Stedman. And on today's show, we discuss the concept of the Dream 100, a business strategy utilized to attract and work with 100 of your dream clients. I first read about the Dream 100 in Chet Holmes' book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. And I'm convinced that once you identify your perfect customer, the next step in the process is to build out your Dream 100 list. Joining us to discuss the concept is Eric Bakey, founder of Combat Imagineer, whom you may remember from episode eight, where we discuss how to attract high quality leads. Eric works with clients to build out the Dream 100 list. So he was the first person I thought about to discuss the concept on today's show. Before we jump in, do me a favor and subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes. We'd also greatly appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. All right, Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Bill and Eric, welcome back to Dog Whistle Brandon. Uh, Eric is a recurring guest at this point. You know, uh, go listen to his previous episode where he talked about, what was it, uh, marketing that actually works or something along those lines? Yeah. Uh, something like uh, getting a direct response from the efforts that you put into it and uh, and ultimately how to create visually valuable conversations was the context around that call. And um, I think we're going to be doing another one of those right here. Today, we're going to be talking about Dream 100 and this concept of really who should you be focusing on when you're actually establishing your marketing plan, your branding and your messaging, whose attention you're trying to get. So we've already talked about perfect customer and your Dream 100 now is what you use to empower your marketing team, whether they're interns, whether you got an internal or you're just a solo founder. But before we talk about Dream 100, I want to say this, and this is acknowledging both the Lions Pride and Eric. I was on a call with a group of entrepreneurs and one of the entrepreneurs is a veteran and he was complaining about how cheesy so many veteran entrepreneurs are coming across these days about how just it's really kind of sucking his energy away because he sees the stuff people are doing and it's like this whole gimmicky business stuff. And I just want to let him, I'm like, man, who are you spending your time with? Because like, I feel like when I'm part of Lions Pride, I'm around people that are getting after it. When I'm texting back and forth with Eric, you know, I've just surrounded myself with entrepreneurs that I just stay away from that negative energy. And so for our listeners that are tuning in, I just want to acknowledge, like, if you are around people that are taking away from you and sucking your energy away, whether that's on social media or in your own personal circles, you need to find a group like the Lions Pride or reach out to guys like Eric. Because I'm telling you, anybody I bring on this platform 
is the real deal. Mm. Yeah, I think that's important, Mike. But what when I was uh, your ages, Eric and Mike, I took great pride in running as a lone wolf. I thought that that was being independent, not asking for directions, which is my father's go-to when he was lost, never asked for directions. Men don't ask for directions. I learned to just be independent. Dude, that was such the hard, slow way. And what Mike just told you is, if you're an eagle, hang out with eagles. If you're a one percenter, hang out with 0.01 percenters. But uh, like Eric and, and like Iron Mike, uh, it's, it's such an accelerator and it is so underrated. That's where I think the, the military sets us up for, I think you've touched on this before too in your podcast, the, the rugged individualist that don't ask for help, um, it will get you pretty far, but what gets you, you know, what got you there won't get you here or, or however the, the Marshall Goldsmith book lays it out so elegantly, um, where iron sharpens iron and you're the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. So where are you? Uh, investing your time into a community that, that cares about you and how do you carry that mission on beyond, you know, the, the veteran background, you know, how do you surround yourself with other like-minded uh, entrepreneurs who are going to keep pushing you to become the best version of yourself? Because look, looking in the mirror, you know, I, it's nice to, to like what you see, but you really can only, you can't see the, what's really going on. Like you can't see the solution from inside the, the jar. So, um, it's only it's, you can only go so far when you look at looking just at yourself and sucking your own thumb when you can be uh, brought up and and encouraged by like-minded entrepreneurs who push you further than you can yourself. I think that's a uh, Mike. I just like to um, that that's great wisdom, and I hope our listeners uh, wrote down what Eric said. Um, there's all sorts of networking events and masterminds and all this crap, Facebook groups and all that. But, but here's the thing. What Eric just highlighted was you want to step into an organization that wants to give, a, not an organization, well, an organization, but you want to step into a room full of people that are there to give to you. That is the mission. That is what's called. That is the, the operating principle of, of the group. And when you do, uh, then there could be 25 people there to give to you, but they also know that at the right time, the organization or the room will pivot back and give to them. And so it's a giving organization as opposed to networking events and all this other noise out there, which is basically taking. I want to meet you. I want to give you my business card. I want to connect with you because you're going to be a customer or you're going to know somebody or whatever. It's, it's take, take, take. And what Eric said, what Mike was talking about is uh, choose wisely who you hang around with. You want to hang around with Formula One drivers in the Formula One driving room because they're going to teach you how to get through turn eight at speeds that you don't know how to do it. And they're willing to tell you. Appreciate those words of wisdom, y'all. And I just felt like sharing because it was on my heart because I literally enjoy what I do. And it's less about, you know, just the revenue, but who I get to do it with. And so when I hear these things about people not enjoying their day and they're saying these cheesy entrepreneurs and stuff, I'm like, who are you spending your time with? Like, I don't have that problem anymore. And so I'm just, I'm sharing that if you have that problem, get a different circle. All right. And it's going to help you feel so much better. And it is branding because part of us as business owners and within our businesses itself, branding is who do you want to spend time with as well? 
And we want to make sure that we're giving off that energy. So slap the table on that. There's amazing groups, Lions Pride. Hit up Eric on Instagram or LinkedIn. Follow me. We're here. But today we're getting a Dream 100. All right, Eric, talk to us about the Dream 100, the concept behind it. And then, Bill, I want you to talk about how we can leverage this to actually have a marketing plan and messaging that actually works. So I'd like to, again, build upon what you are, are saying, where the, the Dream 100 has been around for a long time. Uh, I first heard of it from David Ogilvy, who taught it to Chet Holmes, who it's been popularized by Russell Brunson and all kinds of, it gets tackier and tackier the further it whispered down the lane, but original source uh, from the fifties. And so how you, if you took the, upon the mindset of if you only could have a hundred more transactions in your business life, who would they have to be? How would you call your shots so that the customers that you get would be like a domino to get the next ones and be a reflection of what your business uh, is, is positioned with. And so the idea of only having 100 businesses that you could ever work with and what kind of revenue and what kind of relationship would that have to look like to set you up for success. And then uh, you can do that. I, I like to take like, you write out a list of 100 ideal dream come true customers clients. Um, and then you can 80, 20, that and 80, 20, that again, and you're left with five and then you pick one and you have a, a, a thoughtful conversation or at least try to, how would I contribute to this organization in a meaningful way where they would invite me into a long-term business kind of conversation. And so it, it, it both makes you feel good. Who would I like to do business with? How would I contribute to their success? And how do I just take the first natural next step in order to have a conversation that would lead to more and more business? That's, that's how I think about it. And more than just a conversation, right? We're also talking about relationships. So that's the thing. And Bill, you always tell us in the Lions Pride, I'm in this the long game. This ain't the startup where you're going to launch a business and make an exit with millions of dollars in six months. And even with this podcast, we talked about this podcast. This is a slower burn. This is brand building. This is being known for something. With the Dream 100, talk to our listeners, those who are especially like, they're like, I need revenue now. I need revenue now, right? What are your thoughts on approaching it and leveraging it? Well, what I... Um Eric did the 80, 20, 80, 20 to get down to five. I usually, uh, that's good math. Uh, I don't know why I usually focus on 10. Um, I talked to somebody a week or two ago, uh, startup entrepreneur thinking about joining our cohort. It's too early. So I said, it's too early. He said, Oh, good. Because, you know, I, I just spent, you know, 15 grand to build my website. I, I said, wait a minute. I just asked you a bunch of questions about your brand and your company. You don't know anything about your brand, your company, your perfect customer. You don't know anything. Why are you spending 15 grand on a website? Why don't you use that to pay your mortgage? Oh, well, you need a website. So here's the point. The first five customers or the first 10 customers are just picking up the phone or the email or asking somebody to lunch who you really, really, really 
want to do business with because you can build a relationship with them. You do not need a website for that. What you need is uh, what Eric's going to tell us about, which is um, what Mike taught us before is this deep understanding of this perfect customer, this person in front of you that has some sort of problem that you can magically make go away. And you're compelled to do that. You want to help people like that. Now, that doesn't require a website. Actually, websites suck at communicating things like that. But people, Eric, when Eric's going to solve my problem in his magical way, I, I'm mesmerized. I want to learn more. I want to ask questions. And, it, and at worst case, we, we end up having a new relationship. At best case, we start to shake hands and do business together. And once you have your five or you have your 10, you see, now the snowball begins rolling down the hill, Mike. Now you, 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 you know the questions people are going to ask. You know the concerns Eric was talking to us about, you know, pricing and, and, and like negotiating and all this sort of stuff that's happening with some of his customers. It's normal. But your perfect customer may not negotiate. They may say, is that all you're going to charge me? And Eric says, uh, I wish I had a do-over on that one. But... Um, Mike, then, then you can easily go from five to 10 or 10 to 20. And pretty soon you're honing in more and more and more of the people you want to wake up and do business with. And you get to your dream 100. So it sounds like dream 100 is really the evolution of perfect customer. So once you have your perfect customer, then you want to 10 exit. Totally. I think once you spend all the energy, when I was talking to this young, younger entrepreneur and I asked him, well, tell me who your perfect customer is. And he kind of looked at me glassy eyed that I knew he was in trouble. I, I knew he was like where most, uh, well, when I say startup entrepreneurs, I see small business owners the same way, Mike, right? They really do not understand who they're serving, who they want to serve, how they serve them, what's the problem that they have, what are the demographics, psychographics, sociographics, and all that stuff about this person. They can't write the biography of this customer or this prospect, and therefore, people aren't going to pay attention to them. It, they're going to be shouting like they do to me on LinkedIn. You know, when somebody says, oh, Bill, you're an amazing person. I want to connect with you. And then we connect. And the first thing they start doing is selling me right out in the next, the next message. Yeah. They don't know anything about me. They haven't figured out that I'm one, one person asked me the other day, Mike, matter of fact, it was this morning, Mr. Watkins, you look like a successful executive. I wonder if you ever thought about starting a business. Yeah. This person does not know me and I am not their perfect customer. I have iron on my LinkedIn. So it's iron Mike Stedman. So I catch all the trolls because they'll reach out. Hey, iron. I'm like, clearly you don't know me, but this is an important point about like, you know, unfortunately, and me and Eric, you and I talk about this. A lot of veteran owned businesses don't know better, especially early stage founders. So they, they're just doing what they see done. And they have no idea about like building the relationships and building rapport. So one of the things I want to ask you, Eric, is you're sitting down and you've done this with clients over and over, right? It's part of your services at Combat Imagineer of crafting out their dream 100. How do you keep them like from the moon, the loom shot, the moonshot goal of like, you have no idea who this person is. You don't even know their terms. You're just throwing them up there, but they could have like net 360 and you'll go bankrupt, you know, within a year. So the real reality of like, hey, 
I think these are really good fit. I think they're in line with your values, with your company. I think we can build a real relationship versus just like throwing some moonshot, you know, goal up there and you find out that they're actually terrible for your business. It's a, it's having a clear strategic vision of where you're trying to go and then, okay, reverse engineering, where are you at right now? Because if you say you want to do business with Mercedes, but if I got you a meeting with Mercedes right now, what would you do with them? It's like, you, you don't even know your own offer yet. So it, step one, you need to make your list. You need to understand who your ideal customer is. What are their real pains? Like not just like uh, annoyances, but what are their problems and ultimately their pains? And how, uh, what is your offer? How do you create that before and after, that, that heaven and hell, how do you build them that, that stairway to heaven and make them an offer? Do you want to take the stairs? Or would you like me to build you, build you an elevator? Or you want me to toss you down a rope? Like having very clear about what you're going to do for them. And then then ultimately the, the creative, how you say it and what you show to them and, and the, the little nuances of you know whether you show up in a, the, all the different ways you can show up in direct mail or in their DMs or or all the different creative solutions for getting eyeballs on your offer. Uh, that that's, that's like way far down. You need to have a build the deep understanding of, of them and what their world looks like. And, and ultimately what, what are they, what are they trying to do? Like you need to understand the, your customer's customer. Like what are they going to do with, with your thing, your widget? Cause uh, like, how are you going to create meaningful results for them? Uh, and different businesses have different problems at different levels. Like, uh, if, if you have a team of 50 sales executives that they're all making uh, like six figure sales, like you know, they're all making six figures, like the kind of solution that you're going to provide for them is much different than the kind of solution you would for, uh, for the yoga studio down the street. And, and one of them can probably cut you a big check. And while you would love to be able to help the, like the yoga studio and, and would love to be able to help these smaller organizations, they might not be ready for you or, you know, you, you might not be ready for the big uh, enterprise organization with your, with your small staff. Like if you, they showed up to your place, if you had 50 of them show up in your room, you wouldn't be ready to help them. So you, you got to figure out, okay, where are, where do you want to go? Where are you now? What, what are the, the, the rocks that you need to hit on the way to get to where you're trying to go? But ultimately it comes down to understanding of a person, one person, how do they see the world? crawl into their skin, look through their eyes and live in it for a, for a minute. And it's not about making the quick sale. It's about really deeply understanding who they are and how they want to see themselves and how you can be uh, an asset in their, in their story, making them the hero of their own story. I think it's important to also understand that your dream 100, hell, even those dream 10, that dream five, that dream one, you know, everybody's talking about scale, scale, scale. Does it scale? Does it scale? For your dream 100, we're talking about making someone feel like a human being and making it personal, you know? So if they're like, hey, Mac, you better believe, like, on the nonprofit side of the house, Ironbound Boxing, we have Everlast as a sponsor, right? He, you know, CEO Everlast is on our board. That's a dream for me, you know? So you best believe when he asked me if I could come to New York City and meet with him and his team, I jumped in that Uber quick, you know? And you might not do that kind of thing for everyone, but your dream 100, you want to make them feel special. You want to make them feel like they matter. And you want to provide a solution and a relationship that they can't get anywhere else. 
And, you know, Bill, you do a great job with swag and a bunch of things from the Lions Pride. And I just, for me, it makes me feel special. There's a reason why, you know, I'm always wearing swag when I'm going places and stuff, because I feel like you tap into like kind of our spirit within like the military and uniforms and all that other stuff. But until you, I hadn't really seen that. Yep. I I think what, what uh, Eric shared is just absolutely key. Uh, Mike, you read, uh, maybe Eric, you read uh, the category pirates blog that came out this morning. Dude, I love that. I mean, he really stood up Silicon Valley and all this bullshit about minimum viable product and product market fit and all this horse crap. Um, But what he pointed out was, well, here's the trouble with that. And then I want to say what he pointed out was startup entrepreneurs, of which there are many probably listening to this, they think that that's great advice product market fit. I just had somebody talk to me about that on Tuesday. I said, what are you talking about product market fit and your minimum viable product? I mean, what does that mean? And they tried to explain it to me because they read it in a book or they followed somebody from Silicon Valley who's famous and that's what they said. So they thought that that would work for their business. It does not work. What works is what Eric said is make it about them and quit trying to make it about you. It's about the category is about them. Your brand oftentimes is all about you. You're out there shouting to everybody. And what Eric's trying to encourage you, cajole you to do is to make it about them. Make it about your one, your five, your 10, your 20. And then they're going to feel great. You're going to be grateful to have their their gold bullion because they want what you have. And then you're going to build a beautiful business. They're going to be so grateful for you. You're going to be grateful for them because they helped you get started or grow your business. The frame I like to take is to be able to walk behind the woodshed with your arm over their shoulder and ask questions that they would not feel super comfortable just blasting to everybody. So I want to make them feel comfortable enough with me to trust me. And I'm not going to do that by beating them over the head or making them feel bad. Uh, it's, it's creating an environment to have honest conversations with people who have real problems and treat them with respect in a way that here is the, here's how I see how I could help you. Would you like help with that? It's, it's a, it's a, question it's not hey buy my stuff hey buy the hey the, the price is this it's it's uh and you know once you start getting up to to scale i guess you can have more streamlined sales funnels or whatever um but i still especially when we're talking about dream 100 these these are like the 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 bat signal type clients like the, the ones with the big logos that, that you want to get those kind of people to to bring you up to that level so it's just you just have to treat people like like a, like a human being, uh, and, and that's so much in the sales and marketing world, which is why it gets a bad rap, is because it is just shouting and it's um, thinking that you're going to change the color of your logo and magically the 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 rain's going to start falling and, and you're going to be swimming in money, and so uh, that's that's why I like this approach much much better. So I'm not at the grand black belt status like Mr. Watkins here. But whenever I'm talking marketing with like small business owners or especially early stage founders, 
like I hear them talking about SQL and MQL and all this other stuff instead of actually talking about people like they're human beings, you know? And I think it's important to remember when we're talking about the dream 100, we're talking, you know, don't just throw them up on a sheet somewhere, right? This is someone you want to like get to know and learn about and what they value. And like, I, I don't know, I don't know, Mr. Watkins. I'm like curious, like sometimes I'm like, is this maybe because I'm a smaller organization at this point with Ironbound Media, things just come easier to me. But it seems like sometimes people are like even overcomplicating, like going after these dream clients and actually building marketing plans and strategies that actually work. I think I think we do overcomplicate it and we overcomplicate it because we're listening to bad advice. We're reading the wrong books. We're reading the wrong blogs. Oftentimes they're written by Elon Musk. You know, we're reading Elon's tweets. We're reading Elon's, you know, blog, if he has one. We're reading all about Elon, you know, people who observe Elon. And these are the five things you need to do. That's probably, you know, uh, a a great uh, email opener. You know, the five things that Elon does in his business that you need to do today. People are going to get big clicks on that and they're going to open it up and the advice sucks. First of all, very few people on the planet are Elon. And second of all, the people listening to this podcast ain't growing a business like Elon is, most likely. Okay? So I think we listen, we we go to the wrong places, and we get the wrong advice. Mike, we're building, I think, small businesses here. Uh, maybe Eric's building a $1 billion cartoon factory. Uh, I don't know. If he is, I think that's fantastic. But that's way different than building a, say, a $10 million business. So what we do is we take all this bad advice and we go out and we hire a marketing agency for 15 grand and they tell us what color our logo should be and what typeface we should use. They don't give us anything else. And then what we do is we take that baseless report uh, and we hand it to our web developer for another 15 grand and they build a shitty website that doesn't resonate with anybody. And we think that we've started a business. And basically what we've done is we went out in the parking lot and burned $30,000. So I think, I think take good advice, listen to people like Iron Mike, write down the stuff that Eric says. They've been there. They on that battlefield. They were where you were in the foxhole uh, or in Mike's case, the, uh, I don't know, Eric, what was your branch of service? I was an army engineer. Boom. So Eric and I, Eric and I were in foxholes and Mike was on a freaking aircraft carrier flying Hornet jets or something. I don't know. Or a Marine taking his seventh beach for the day. But um, take this advice. Don't take that advice. I think that's the solution, Mike. So Eric, you've done this process with clients. Talk to us about ones who've done it successfully. It could be just one or two examples. And then, Bill, I want you to take us back to like 1920 when you started the Morena Group. I'm just joking, y'all. He didn't start in 1920. It was more like 1940. No, it was, it was <laughs> right after World War II, right before, well, right after World War I when I didn't have anything to do before World War II. So, yeah, it was around then. So the, the client that I'm going to talk about, uh, she was a, a successful veterinarian and she came to me and at the time it was like when they cut me a check as a consultant i better deliver 10x within like 
10 minutes is how I felt about it. I, I had to just really, really over deliver. Um, but she had a successful veterinarian practice and I was like, okay, so here, let's go through this exercise. Like let's, let's figure this stuff out. Let's draw it out. Let's, let's reverse engineer the, like this empathy map of your, your ideal customer. And, but I'm like, but let me, like what I'm, what I'm hearing you say here is that basically you're, you're kind of broke. <laughs> so we can't spend a whole lot of money in order to go like, go get this like dream client. So how about we adjust the value of the product that you do and let's let's niche down a little bit more uh so we 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 took her from a veterinary practice who specialized in horses to specializing in million dollar racehorses and then ultimately even deeper into million dollar racehorses who have been taken off the track but here's how to get them back in the game through this special process and we positioned her um with a in a specific uh racehorse track in California that that got her clients like on the Levi Strauss mountain and like got all kinds of wealthy uh, clients because of the way we positioned her products and services. A horse is a horse is a horse. Um, but because of the way we positioned her to her dream 100 client as the, the preferred veterinarian for this racetrack, it got a whole bunch, it got billionaire clients. And um, well, I did that about, uh, 35 minutes because I, <laughs> I probably should have drawn that out a little bit more, maybe taken equity in her business or done some other things. But, uh, but that was a lot of fun. And you think about that, right? That's a list you can go after. So you niched it down to the point. It's like, Hey, who are, where are all the horses out of commission? How much were these horses? Cool. You know, then you start calling their owners and saying, Hey, I can get this horse back in the fight, you know, within like a, a week or not a week, probably a little bit longer, but the fact that you can get them back in the fight, that's a specific pain point for a specific group of people who obviously have the money to spend on the problem and are willing to do so. So that's a great example, Eric. Thank you for sharing that. And for Bill, take us back to Marina Group. Who was your one of your Dream 100 clients? Yeah, let me just pivot back to Eric. Eric did something really wise as opposed to what most startups do, and they go like this. How many horse owners are out there? If we could get 10% of that market, wow. And they just run the math and they go, that's our business right there. And, and they have no clue the, 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 the process that Eric just said because nobody's teaching it to them and they're not listening to anybody. Oh, Marina Group? Oh, well, I did everything wrong then. I, I had uh, left the army. Uh, been in corporate America a little bit. Don't learn much in corporate America about small business. Then I had run a medium-sized business and was so independent, I probably did everything wrong. So then I launched the Morena Group, which was a, a medical compression product. I had some patents on textiles. And uh, I had no idea. I, I was one of those flailing entrepreneurs who was running out of oxygen, was 75 feet down in the water and would sell anything to anybody as long as they were breathing and had a check. And um, because of that, uh, number one, I can talk to you differently now because then I was 38 and now I'm 68. But uh, what I did want to tell you is I probably, we were on food stamps. Uh, I'd go to the church to get clothing for my kids and uh and a food box that's how great my marketing and branding was so we went two years 
from uh, 94 to about 96 before I started to uh, acquire customers. And I talked to a lot of people. I also waited in a lot of waiting rooms where nobody wanted to talk to me because I spoke with marbles in my mouth. I had no clue what I was doing. I did have a damn good product. Yeah, I I had the best. That became the best product in the industry once I figured out, you know, how to sell it, uh, which is why I got a good valuation on the company. But Mike, I just suffered. I brought along all the people who love me suffering too because of all the mistakes I made. And I hope that all of you who are listening to this podcast understand that you're not alone if you did what I did. But just because I did it doesn't make it right. And so what we're talking about is what I learned in 30 years. And so don't do that and don't think it's right. And don't think that suffering and continuing to do what you're doing just a little bit longer, a little bit harder, a little bit faster will work. I mean, if you did not uh, write uh, a check to Eric for about 10 grand for the advice he just gave you, uh, you're, you're not grateful enough because that is the antithesis of what I just told you I did. And it'll get you revenue. Do you remember your first big client that you got? Totally. I was at a trade show. I had um, not gotten any U.S.-based clients. I was selling in the medical industry. My clients were surgery centers, surgeons, and uh, hospital-based surgeons. And I had not been able to break through to one U.S.-based client. I had driven around Atlanta, driven around the Southeast, uh, Florida, uh, had babies at home. I was an absentee father. I did not sign anybody up. I went to uh, uh, through one of the Miami um, surgeons. He said, you should come and meet me in Mexico. You're a good man. No, I'm not going to buy from you, but I'll introduce you to my colleagues in Mexico. I went to a trade conference and up walked an American company, uh, OEM. And uh, Rick was the guy's name. He looked at me and he said, I've been looking for this product for years. Where have you been? And I said, lost. (laughs) But I guess I'm found. Am I found? He said, oh, we need to go talk. And we cut a deal, an OEM deal. And and that um, got me out of debt and and launched the business. So that was in March of... uh, March of 19... So March of 1997... So it was just a tad bit longer than the two-year uh, desert that I walked. Uh, and and I remember him and the conversation and all the success that we launched after that. So our listeners, you just heard, it took Bill two years, right? Everything we're telling you right now is the quicker way to do it, right? I'm not going to say it's going to take a week or even a month. But if you work with guys like Eric and you get that Dream 100 down, right? Give yourself three, six, nine. It'll be it'll be quicker than two years. I promise you that. So, and the difference between a vendor like Eric and a vendor maybe that you're talking to right now is you heard what Eric did. This this veterinarian came and said, uh, I, "I help horses," and but she wanted more, something like that. And Eric spent the time to understand her as a human, as a vet understand her special skills. Somehow that came up in conversation because Eric, you asked those questions out by the woodshed and you found out that she has this magical ability to take, you know, 
highly trained thoroughbreds, uh, you know, the, the, the tip of the spear of, of, of horses and then pull them out of retirement and get them, I guess, back on the track. But anyway, that came from somebody who didn't just say, Oh, is that what you want? Oh, okay. Here it is. You gave her something special. And you see, this is the kind of vendors that you want to find. These are kind of people you want to be reading um, and and ditch all the rest. So you know us here. We're about getting it done. We're not just about talking. So Eric, I want to give you our, I want you to give our listeners three things they can do right now as they start to build out their dream 100. Step one is to identify the before, during, and after of when anybody is going to buy the thing that you that you sell. Just write it on a piece of paper. Take a draw a straight line, divide it into three: before, during, after. Where do they spend their time and money, attention before they get to you? What kind of uh, service are you providing in the during phase? And then where are they going to go after you? After you've given them your little widget of whatever you whatever problem that you sell, where are they going to go after? So that's that's going to identify where you are in the in the ecosystem of that that overall problem, and then you can identify all of the in the before stage where all the podcasts that your dream client is listening to, where are the, what are the the blogs or the the YouTube channels that they watch, what are where are they consuming information, where are they gathering information around this and how can you approach the person who is on that YouTube owns that YouTube station has a relationship with the existing client and how do you contribute your after that solution your you know your your during phase solution to that before person so that you don't need to spend all that time educating and motivating and corralling and whatever they've already built the audience so how do you take your widget and go to that before person and get a relationship with them so they are happy to introduce you to that person. But you need to understand where you are in the ecosystem and the problem that you solve. And then that's, that would be the third piece is getting very, very clear about your offer. What is your offer? And if you don't have case studies yet, you, don't, you can't articulate the problem that you solve better than the person, better than the person who actually has the problem can say it then you need to keep doing some work basically for free to really articulate that problem and be able to, to solve it. Like uh, that's, that's really the three steps I would tell you to do is, is the before, during, the after. How do you identify all of the, the educational components that go in before, you, before the person buys and, and establish a relationship? And you could, by the way, you could do the same thing after you can go upstream too, but to give you some context, go for go downstream first, and then be able to articulate that problem so simply and so in as few words as possible, so that they will trust that when you articulate that problem, they will trust your solution to it, um, and then deliver it. <laughs> so that's those are my three pieces of advice. This is real marketing, y'all. We're not talking about just some random SEO and all this other stuff. Put the Cut the internet off for a sec, get a white piece of paper, sit down in a quiet room, go to a tactical advance or something, and just sit down and really start to think through who these clients are, what your offer is, and everything else. And I'll tell the t- I'll tell everybody listening, my I just hired a marketing person, Erica. She's been on the show. Literally, our marketing plan is built around serving our dream 100. That is our marketing plan. 
and building that out. And so if you're a small team, I highly recommend you follow a similar process because it's going to hone in your marketing and your branding and your messaging and rally around not just your perfect customer, but your perfect customer times 10. And so as we wrap up, Bill, I want you to close us out with some words of wisdom. And then Eric, I want you to let our listeners know how we can support and elevate your efforts with Combat Imagineer and how people can get a hold of you uh, for their Dream 100. Well, my, uh, I've got, uh, I want you to up your game on the advice that you're listening to. First of all, subscribe to Mike's Iron Mike's newsletter. Mike, I know you'll make that available to everybody. I want you to subscribe to three others. Uh, Christopher Lockheed's Category Pirates. Uh, Mike's got the Play Bigger book behind him. Dean Jackson, uh, fantastic marketer. Joe Polish. And then they have together uh, the I Love Marketing podcast, Dean and Joe. These are great marketers um, that are on the level of Eric. So I want you to connect with them. And I will close out by reminding you that February is Love Month. It's Valentine's Day. I don't care who you are, where you are in your startup, in your small business. But if you are neglecting the uh, loved one that sits at the dinner table waiting for you to get home on time, you're making a huge mistake. So I don't care what we talk about in this podcast, but I want you to remember what really matters. The people that you tell me you take a bullet for, then get it, get it done. Dial in Valentine's day. That includes you, Eric. I don't know if you have a significant other iron Mike. I definitely know who your significant other is. I'm going to tell her to kick your butt. If you blow uh, Valentine's day, but um, we got to live life and we got to do business and we got to do them both at the same time. No neglect V-Day. Eric, over to you. I'll, I'll echo that sentiment. Uh, the quality of your life is the quality of your relationships and being very clear about who those are and acknowledging and appreciating them. Uh, and, and with that, uh, you can reach out to me and say that, uh, you know, just put Iron Mike in the subject line and I'll, uh, Eric at ericbakey.com. I'd be happy to send you a return on relationship report that spells out exactly how um, you can artic- that you can identify these before, during, after relationships, the lifetime value of your customer. And it's a, it's a fully illustrated implementation guide for everything that we just talked about here. Beautiful. I like it. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure podcast with you today. For all our listeners, feel free to message me, Bill, and Eric. We're all on LinkedIn. Also want to encourage you, just like Bill said, Subscribe to those newsletters, but we also have a newsletter here at uh, Dog Whistle Brandon. I'll include all of that in the show notes. So until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Thank you.